0: Throughout human history, people have been obsessed with the idea of travel or the idea of getting where somewhere quickly. Uh, some of the oldest sports in the world are obviously races, either we're racing in chariots or we're racing on foot or, you know, racing on horses. But what if I told you that probably one of the most intense races in world history for a while was actually won by a guy who lived and operated out of Oklahoma and by the most intense races in the world. I'm talking about the guy who was able to go around the entire world the fastest. And this week on the America of America podcast, we're going to talk about Wiley Post's two record-breaking attempts at traveling across the world in an airplane. everybody. Happy Monday and welcome to this week's edition of the America of America podcast. As always, I'm Will Milam and let's get started. This episode is coming out on July 5th, obviously day after July 4th. Uh, If you're listening to this and you're taking your day off work today, I really hope you're having a great day today. If you took the day off work last Friday, I hope you had a great Friday. If you didn't get to take the day off work and you're living in the United States at all, that Man, that's 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 very sad here, and I'm so sorry. Uh, but that being said, I hope every day, everybody had a wonderful July 4th. I'm, I hope everybody got to uh, come together with some friends and uh, celebrate our independence from Great Britain and reflect on our freedoms as Americans. If you're an international listener, um, I hope you had a good weekend. Um, obviously, July 4th is a big deal for us Americans. So uh, please... Excuse my excessively patriotic banter. And uh, with that, let's talk about uh, Great American Patriot uh, with Wiley Post. A couple days ago, specifically July 2nd, marked the anniversary of Wiley Post getting back from his first around-the-world trip uh, with the navigator Harold Gaddy. So I thought it was just appropriate, given the timing, that we should go over what this trip entailed and how Wiley Post came to become uh, the kind of aviator that could fly around the world in a fixed-wing aircraft, which was something at the time that no one else had ever done. And first of all, to talk about this, we're going to have to go over some background with Wiley Post. Uh, if you're any sort of regular listener, you'll know that I've I've mentioned Wiley Post a couple of times, specifically in the context of Will Rogers, because Wiley Post is uh, today most famous for his final flight with Will Rogers, but uh, Wiley Post obviously is a guy who deserves an episode to himself, and this isn't going to be Wiley Post's only episode, but I think that this is a good introduction to Wiley Post. So Post was born in Corinth, Texas, which is kind of northeastern Texas. Uh, It's now a ghost town. It was a ghost town by about 1980, but he was born there in 1898 when it was still a small community. But he didn't last there long. Uh, His family moved when he was about five years old to Oklahoma and they eventually settled in an area called Maysville. And Maysville is located in what at the time and what still is and what very much still is, the Chickasaw Nation. Why do I go out of my way to tell you that the posts moved to the Chickasaw Nation? Because in the first decade of the 20th century, guess who was also in the Chickasaw Nation? That's right, Alfalfa Bill Murray had just moved to Tishomingo because he had to do his stuff, remember, with the law, between the federal law, the state law, and the tribal law. So there's not really any evidence that they ever crossed paths at this point because Alfalfa Bill was Alfalfa Bill and Wiley Post was Wiley Post. There's no reason for them to have come into contact in the first decade of the 20th century. But it's still really cool that the Chickasaw Nation in the first decade of the 20th century was producing two of Oklahoma's most noteworthy characters sure we'll go with that but anyway not much is really known about the details of post life at this point uh we know he was a mediocre student at best but we do know that when he was a teenager in 1913 he came across uh the he came across an airplane at a county fair now apparently the airplane that was at this county fair was something more akin to what the Wright brothers were flying than what you and I would consider to be an airplane, even amongst uh, even amongst fixed bi-wing planes at the time, that this was pretty rudimentary. But it got Post hooked on aviation, and Post knew from that point on that he wanted to be an aviator. He was going to do everything he possibly could uh, to become an aviator. And Post would enroll to learn to fly and, uh, in Kansas City, before going to Norman, Oklahoma, where he thought that he was going to join the uh, the U.S. Air Service, which was the precursor to the U.S. Air Force, uh, and do that training in Norman, Oklahoma, which that's right. Uh, that means that a lot of Wiley Post's aviation training came at OU, Boomer Sooner. But unfortunately, this didn't really pan out the way Post wanted it to, well, uh, Maybe not, because World War One actually ended before Post could finish his training. So Post didn't go on to fly in World War One. He was too young, and thank God the war ended, and so Post didn't actually have to go and fight, and Europe didn't have to be decimated any more than it already was. So in the meantime, Post went and worked as a on the oil fields, as a lot of young men did uh, during those days, and. Unfortunately, like a lot of young men, he ended up being injured on the job when there was an accident where a piece of metal pierced his left eye and the left eye became infected and he post ended up losing all of his sight in his left eye, which that's why you uh, if you see pictures of Wiley Post, you'll generally see him with an eye patch over his left eye, which uh, added to his fame a little bit. That's why uh, Wiley Post has a very distinctive look because of that eye patch, which is why. Uh, a lot of Oklahomans can recognize him even if, you know, we don't actually uh, remember his face that well. I have to digress a little here and uh, tell a story, but uh, my my family is very into aviation. My father and my grandfather, uh, my dad's an aviator and my grandfather was an aviator. Not really sure where this came from. I imagine my grandfather, who uh, knew Will Rogers personally, probably uh, caught on to Will Rogers' aviation boosting when he was younger, but he ended up becoming a Boeing engineer and obviously spent all of his life around airplanes. So he was a pilot. My dad is a lawyer by training, but is a pilot as a, in his spare time. And uh, about 10 years ago, my father was mowing uh, uh, at my parents' house and he went through uh, some trees and brush and had his retina detached on his right eye. And my dad didn't really think much of it. So he and my mom flew to Colorado and uh everything was fine. And then a couple of days later they were flying back. And once they hit a certain level of altitude, the retina completely detached from my dad's right eye. And my dad basically went blind in his right eye and then had to fly the rest of the way home with basically no uh, no sight in that eye and no depth perception. He had to land that way. And uh, I remember he and I kind of joked about that a little bit later because I, you know, I had to ask, you know, did you were you freaked out? And my dad kind of passively responded, Well, you know, while well, he post flew with one eye, so I figured I could fly with one eye. And that's kind of funny, but that's true. Um, I think that uh, given how difficult it is to do a lot of things with one eye, if you if you meet a lot of people who are blind in one eye, um, the difficulties in depth perception uh, make those kinds of tasks, especially something like flying much harder. So not only was Wiley Post a great aviator, but Wiley Post was a great aviator overcoming a real challenge. But in a strange stroke of fortune, it was that settlement from Wiley Post getting blinded. It was that settlement money that he used to purchase his first aircraft and get into flying. Which So that disability actually is what enabled him to get into the hobby himself or what would become his lifelong passion. And then soon after, Post would really take off as a pilot. He would do stuff uh, related to circuses, and eventually he would become acquainted with an Oklahoma oil man named Powell Briscoe. And Briscoe is a very important player in the story because Briscoe had just recently purchased a plane that he would name the Winnie Mae. Winnie Mae, that's important. Remember that name. Remember that airplane. So Briscoe bought the Winnie Mae and why is this important because the Winnie May was a Lockheed Vega. The Lockheed Vega in the late 20s was basically the Ferrari of airplanes. It was the Ferrari of racing planes. In the late 20s this thing had a cruise speed of over 165 miles per hour. It had a 725 excuse me 725 mile fuel tank range which was top, top performance for aircraft in the late 1920s. To put this in more perspective, the Lockheed Vega is what Amelia Earhart flew across the Atlantic Ocean for her Atlantic crossing. Note, she did this for the Atlantic crossing. She did not go missing in the Lockheed Vega. Don't put that disrespect on the Lockheed Vega's name. And around the same time that Wiley Post was introduced to the Winnie Mae, which would make him famous, uh, he also garnered the probably the most fateful and important relationship for his life and legacy. And that was with the Oklahoma Cherokee humorist Will Rogers, who Wiley Post flew to uh, a rodeo uh, around that time. And it's important to remember, uh, and I know we haven't really talked about it in the podcast, but Will Rogers was a major booster of aviation. Will Rogers was really into everything planes. So this Of course, being that Wiley Post was a pilot from Oklahoma, Will Rogers was a humorist from Oklahoma, they would soon to become fast friends. And they met, of course, in an airplane. That would not be the final time they met in an airplane. And of course, at some point, we're going to talk about the last time they were in an airplane together. But for now, just know that at this point, they were already friends. Now, powerful and famous friends aside, Wiley Post would really start to make a name for himself when he took the Winnie Mae and he would win the National Air, excuse me, National Race Air Derby and this would make Post famous. It would make him uh, a national media figure and it would also garner him, I think the conversion rate was about $100,000 of 2021 dollars in cash, a prize money, so he really started to make his big splash in the world. And how is he going to make his big splash in the world, you ask? Well, Wiley Post was going to fly all the way around the world. All the way around it. Around all of it. At one point. At one time. So, a year after winning that air derby on June 23rd of 1931, Wiley Post coupled up with the Australian navigator Harold Gaddy to fly around the world. And they would leave from Roosevelt Field in Long Island, New York, into Winnie May. And they would make this journey and they would stop in several locations. They would stop in Newfoundland at Harvard Grace. They would fly to northwestern Wales. They would fly to Hanover, to Berlin, to Moscow, then basically fly through all of Russia, through a bunch of cities that I cannot pronounce. And they would eventually reach American land again when they would fly over Nome, Alaska, where they had to stop to prepare the excuse me, they had to stop to repair the propeller. Say that three times fast, and they would fly from Nome to Fairbanks to Edmonton, Canada, finally to Cleveland and New York before returning to Roosevelt Field. And they would cross fifteen thousand miles in eight days, fifteen hours in fifty-one minutes. And when they did this no other human beings had gone around the world that quickly. Wiley Post had broken the record. What's more, he was the first to do this in a fixed-wing aircraft in an airplane. The previous record had been done in a Zeppelin, which is kind of like an air balloon, big air balloon, but it can go very far and it's more sophisticated than a hot air balloon that you're thinking of. But Wiley Post, a guy Living in from Oklahoma was the first guy to fly all the way around the world. That's a pretty impressive accomplishment, especially for a state that was at this time pretty new, and that the, avi- the aviation industry, burgeoning as it was in the United States, wasn't even necessarily that big in Oklahoma to begin with. This was a big deal. This was really cool. We had something to be proud of. After this, two major things would happen in Wiley Post's life. The first was that he and Gatti would write a best-selling book about their trip around the world with a foreword written by Will Rogers, further uh, enveloping the friendship that would eventually cost both of them their lives. Secondly, Wiley Post was gifted or sold, not really sure what happened. The Winnie Mae. Remember before this, the Winnie Mae was like the Ferrari of aircraft. A guy like Wiley Post couldn't afford a plane couldn't afford a plane like that. It was just the rich guy that he worked for who owned it. But Wiley Post just got the plane out right at this point. So now Wiley Post has this Ferrari of an airplane, uh, a bunch of fame, some connections, and now he has really made a name for himself. So what did Wiley Post decide to do? Well, he was going to fly around the world again in an airplane. But more importantly, this time he was going to do it alone. He was going to go at it like Lindbergh goes at it. He was going to go at it the way Amelia Earhart goes at it. He was going to do it solo. And two years later, that's what he did. Wiley Post would take the Winnie Mae again, and instead of having Gaddy his navigator, Wiley Post would install kind of a prototype experiment kind of autopilot, which if you're familiar with aircraft at all is very normal in today's airplanes, but that was new. So Post was going to fly around the world by himself with an experimental autopilot, which if that sounds extremely, extremely dangerous, it's because it was extremely, extremely dangerous. It was in the final stages of development from the US Army, but it hadn't really been approved for use, especially not use in flying around the entire world, which makes this just that much more incredible. So Post using this autopilot device would basically repeat his trip, except instead of going from Roosevelt field, he would go from Floyd Bennett field, which is also in New York. And he would basically go through the same stops that he would go at, but he had to stop maybe a little bit longer because he had to continually be improving and fixing this rudimentary autopilot device, which of course he had to fix because if the autopilot didn't work, he would probably end up dying because he's flying for days and days on end. He's going to need some help. This was just, it's just really hard to overemphasize how insane this was, but he would do it. And in July Yeah, July 22nd of 1933, he would return to Floyd-Bennett Field after flying around the world, and he would get back in seven days, 18 hours, and 49 minutes. Now, this would be the first solo around-the-world flight in a fixed-wing aircraft. The only guy who was going to beat Wiley Post, the only guy that was going to break this record in the next couple of years, would be Howard Hughes. Now, if you know anything about Howard Hughes, you know that the guy was the aviator. There was literally a movie made about him that he was an aviator. He was a little bit insane as well, but he was a Crackerjack pilot and he was a genius when it came to aviation. And also a billionaire. It had to be that guy, the Elon Musk of his time, that beat Wiley Post, some nobody half-blind guy from Oklahoma. I mean, and it, it took this guy was the guy who who was running with uh it was running with Howard Hughes. I I, I can't overemphasize just how, just how insane insane of a, of a feat this really was. And of course, this would make Wiley Post one of the most famous aviators in history. And that's where we're going to leave it today. Um, I'd really like to talk more about Wiley Post's life. He did a lot with suit pressurizations and the jet stream, uh, as well as obviously being involved in the most uh, memorable incident of Will Rogers' life. Uh, but that's for another time. I think that this is a good uh, encapsulation of what made Wally Post famous. Um, there's also some other stuff we can talk about later. Wally Post was a bank robber. Um, well, I guess was he was he was actually pardoned by uh, by by the Oklahoma governor. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's episode about Wiley Post's uh, solo flying around the world. Um, I'd like to give a special thank you to my good friend Reed Mettenbring for recommending this episode topic today, uh, th- and thank you, Reed, for listening, and please uh, continue to give some, uh, some ideas. Uh, I am full-scale studying for the bar exam, which has been very heavy. It's been very hard. Uh, but, you know, progress is progress, so I'm glad to be doing that. I understand that everybody's listening to this. You guys have your own battles that you're fighting. I hope uh, hope and pray that you're able to continue on with those battles. And I'm always just so incredibly appreciative that you take time out of your morning or your afternoon or your evening to sit down and listen to me talk about Oklahoma. That's just so cool that you guys do that. It It really is what helps keeping me going with this, even though sometimes I feel like I don't have the time for it. But I really do enjoy it, and I really do... Enjoy uh, the fact that you guys are listening, and I really enjoy you know if uh, whenever people reach out and you know let me know what they think about the show or let me know what they think I could be doing better, or, you know um, topics to explore. And you know I think that maybe coming off of July Fourth in America, we should be kind of counting our blessings. It's been it's been a crazy couple of years, and uh, we should just be happy that we're still going at it. And sorry for the moralizing, but uh, with that, I'm Will Milam. This is the America of America podcast, and I'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening.